and everyone didn't understand it. I had to teach them. I had to show my friends, you know, this is the dance form. It, it, it is something very big in European countries, in the US, all that, you know, many people take it up as a career. And that's what I want to do. I remember my school years, uh, no one even knew what ballet was. Exactly. What do you even do? So uh, slowly, slowly people started to understand that, okay, this is there. And uh, but for the most part, it was like uh, if anyone asked me what what are you studying or what is your you know what do you want to do, I'm like I want to do ballet. I'm a ballet. You know, they'd be like what? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is your host Manakshi Shivaswa, also known as My Boho Voyage, and I welcome you to another amazing episode of Inspiring Explorers. And as the name suggests, Inspiring Explorers is all about inspiring you with the inspiring life journeys of some of the most successful personalities from around the world, and they also share with us some interesting travel experiences that are not limited to sightseeing. For this episode of Inspiring Explorers, we have an inspiring explorer whose determination to follow her dreams to be a ballerina was so strong that she made it possible despite the fact that she was pursuing it in a country whose culture back in the days hadn't even heard of the term ballet. Ritika Chandra is a New Delhi-based professional ballerina who has trained in the Vaganova method for the past 20 years, but practicing and following ballet in India was a huge challenge in itself. As this Italian originated elegant dance form was unknown to India back in the days and is still in its very early stages in India. Ritika Chandra fell in love with ballet when she was only five years old and while it was difficult to not just find a ballet school in India but also proper equipments like ballet shoes and dresses important for training in ballet were not easily available in India. But none of these challenges stopped her heart from pursuing ballet as a career in a country that hadn't much heard of such a term. Ritika Chandra then trained from teachers from all over the world in countries namely India, Russia, Argentina, Mexico, Japan, USA, Dominican Republic, and France. Her dancing career included intensive training at prestigious schools such as the Kirov Academy of Dance, Washington DC, Washington Ballet, Cincinnati Ballet, Contemporary Dance Theatre, and Tevlin Ballet. She has also been part of several ballet performances in India on a professional level holding the position of the lead dancer and is currently the founder of the ballet school named Ellen Ballet making it possible for the young dreamers that love ballet to not face the same challenges that Ritika faced. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe and share and also to watch this episode on YouTube. Also come connect with me on my Instagram at the rate my boho voyage. You can watch all my inspiring explorer episodes on my YouTube channel named my boho voyage spelled as m-y-b-o-h-o-b-o-y-a-g-e or you can listen to them on spotify apple podcast and google podcast geo savan just search for inspiring explorers on the apps and you'll find the show also all the links are mentioned in the description box below so without any further delays let me welcome our amazing guest for today ritika chandra Welcome to Inspiring Explorers, Ritika. So wonderful to have you on our show. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a nice thing that you're creating for artists and for just people to know more. Um, and I, I found it quite inspiring checking out your Instagram and your YouTube channel as well. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for checking them out. <laughs> Same, you are doing something uh, really wonderful and, you know, something different that India is very unaware of this dance form. You have started it long time ago. I think at that time, Indians did not even know ballet exists. A lot of Indians did not yes. know. <laughs> right. So what's right. your story? So, like, how did you come into this and then make it a career? So actually, uh, it started with me seeing a, a ad on TV, so just a commercial. And uh, I was like about like five years old, maybe between four or five. Uh, 
and I just saw like a ballerina jumping in costume and everything in that ad. And uh, I hardly even remember this happening because I was so young, but my mom has told me this story and she was sitting right with me. And she said that you suddenly, you know, sat at the edge of your chair and you just kept staring at this ballerina. Wow. And uh, you didn't look anywhere else. You just, you know, fixated on that screen. And uh, a little while after that, I, I was quiet and I was probably thinking about it. And then I told her, I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to be her. So she was like, oh, you know, living in India, we hadn't heard about any, uh, you know, ballet school, ballet teacher. We hadn't heard about it at all. But uh, so it actually took like many years of this waiting period because of, you know, a ballet not being there in our country. Uh, I kept remembering that commercial. I kept telling my mom that, you know, I want to learn this. I want to learn this. But she wasn't able to find any school. And then uh, somewhere this passion was just so strong that even on like, you know, ballerinas wear special point shoes, right? Like to stand on our toes. Yes. Um, so I started standing on my toes with just regular sneakers. I would be mm. running around the house, like cool. <laughs> just standing on my toes and trying to, you know, dance, yeah. copy what I had seen. And uh, years passed by like this and the, my, you know, questions to, you know, find a school, all that didn't end. Like I kept asking, you know, that I want to do this. So finally, when I was like between 10 and 11, uh, a Russian teacher just happened to be visiting India and she was taking a 10-day ballet course, just a 10-day, you know, small little course. Uh, and it happened to be right next to a school next to my house. And so my mom, thankfully, she just jumped at it and she was like, you go and do this. Like, this is the opportunity. Cool. So I did it and I loved it. Like, I absolutely loved it. I was like, I finally found what I need to do. Like, it was so clear. It was something that, you know, you know, something you just don't have a doubt, right? And uh, even as a child, I was just like, you know, this is, uh, you know, I, I will do something with this. And I enjoy it so much that it will turn into something. So I did that course. And from there, you know, it opened up some possibilities. So we found some teachers in, uh, you know, India who were teaching ballet at that time. The first few ones that were, uh, you know, bringing ballet into the country. So I started training with them and then a few years later, my parents realized that he's very serious about this and she wants to take it further. So thankfully, they supported me and they sent me abroad for, you know, workshops, training, uh, you know, in schools over there. And that's how the whole thing started. So uh, yeah, it's been quite a journey. And I remember my school years, uh, no one even knew what ballet was. Exactly. What do you even do? Exactly. <laughs> I was uh, not so interested in school because I had already found my passion. I knew what I was going to do with my life. So I would just be like, you know, wanting school hours to finish because right after school, I would go home, have lunch and I went to my ballet class straight away. So I, do, I was just looking forward to that evening time when I could just go and train in something that I love. So that's, and everyone didn't understand it. I had to teach them. I had to show my friends, you know, this is the dance form. It, it, it is something very big in European countries in the US all that you know many people take it up as a career and that's what I want to do so uh, slowly slowly people started to understand that okay this is there and uh, but for the most part it was like uh, if anyone asked me what what are you studying or what is your you know what do you want to do I'm like I want to do ballet I'm a ballet they'd be like what (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's how it started but I'm really happy because now 
I think most people know what ballet is. So in like now I've seen such a remarkable change in you know India as a country accepting cultures from you know different countries, and um, I think mostly everyone at least has a vague idea of what ballet is. So even if they don't know exactly, they've heard about it from someone or the other, which is a big change from when I was small. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. if I may ask, how many years have you been doing this? Twenty. I just marked twenty years uh, this year. Oh, wow! Wonderful. Years. Wonderful. Yeah. So I think twenty years back in India, if we go back twenty years, so I think uh, that would be like uh, classes. To chodo, I think finding those ballerina shoes would have been difficult. I think even for Delhi. Oh, everything was everything was difficult. We couldn't find like ballerinas wear a leotard to practice, right? So we wear stockings and then a leotard. So a leotard is essentially it's it's like a swimsuit, uh, like one piece swimsuit sort of style. But we dancers call it a leotard, and it's a little different. Hmm. So it it helps us train, it's stretchable and stuff. Then yeah. at that time, no one had heard it. There was one sports store, Lodi Sports, like right the first sports store in Delhi that we everyone used to go to at that point, and they used to just have like you know. swimsuits that could have worked as a ballet leotard <laughs> that's actually you know what we all used to buy and then you know our teacher would get the ballet shoes from russia or like other places and get it you know uh, for us and uh, then slowly you know when i started traveling to the us to train then i started obviously getting my things and thankfully we had family we still have family over there so whenever they come to india they all bringing you know ballet things for me because still it's not that easy it's not like that available thankfully we have some stores now that have come up that are uh, you know supplying ballet clothes and you know general dance uh, clothes to people in india but at that time it was like anyone coming from any country abroad please give me shoes <laughs> my cousins have brought me shoes my aunts have brought me shoes like everybody who visited india from like the day i started ballet has brought me some ballet uh, clothes or shoes or something <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. That's what I'm imagining. Like twenty years ago, people did not even know ballet is a dance form that exists. You know, and now right. we know because of the movies, and you know, we have Netflix and we have right. the internet. So like, there's yeah. a diversification of a lot of things that we right. know now that these languages exist, these cultures exist. Yeah. You know, it was like so closed, and finding these equipments would have been such a struggle. And then finding schools. Yeah. You said you studied abroad, so uh, like. finding yeah. a school abroad firstly like doing the right. research for the schools and then finding right. the school applying in how to apply so uh, how was that the struggle of you know going abroad first of all it was scary actually it was a little intimidating uh, because i it was like we i was in a bubble right i was just training ballet in india where the the ballet training is not even that high right like you you get what you can take like you just do the classes that are there already and you don't have that choice that oh, I want a better academy or a better teacher what whoever's there you train with them and that's it <laughs> yeah. so uh, when when my parents uh, you know told me that you know we can start looking into this as an option you start seeing what places you can apply to so my uh, aunt lives in the washington dc area and uh, there was a school over there so we actually started looking there so that we could go to her place and you know she she helped us a lot during that time uh, so my dad and me went uh, you know and stayed with her and uh, then 
you know applied so i had to actually go through an audition process it wasn't like you know you apply online and then you just get into the academy so mm. you had to take a trip physically so and that time online oh. stuff wasn't even there yeah so actually had to take two trips to the us from india which is oh you know so much more expense like yes. right now because of covid the whole dance uh, industry has also changed like they allow you for online auditions like if they're open for yeah. online they they allow it that time we had to take two trips so we went first for the only the audition so i went and i that was really scary because you know i i had never actually it was like a like how you have to give an exam yeah. you have to you know do your best and pass so i and and that time i was a little intimidated because one i was very young i was you know between i think 14 to 15 years wow. um so i was very young it was uh, you know the first trip abroad and uh, and the audition was scary because you have like these you know top ballet teachers and you know masters sitting there in the room and you have to go and you know do a whole class they make you do a whole ballet class and then they see who's talented enough to join the training so uh, thankfully i got through and that was like a big thing for all of us as a family they like get sort of proved that you know all the sacrifices my parents made all the you know years of waiting for ballet teachers to come to india to for me to start all that started you know paying off because once i got through the audition it became like a real thing that okay now that i'm accepted into you know an actual ballet school abroad now we can seriously you know look at um, turning this into a profession turning it into a career so that was the main thing um, that i always had this passion to study abroad uh, for myself that i wanted to have that training but also to bring it back to india that was one thing that you know i didn't want to just uh, you know just do it as a dancer i i always had this passion to become a teacher so i uh, became a teacher quite early on uh, in my career like i didn't um, wait like normally sometimes you are a dancer for a longer time and then once you stop dancing professionally you become a teacher hmm. that's the path some people take but then other people take uh, if you're really interested in teaching then you can start teaching early on so i was actually like between 17 18 when i actually started getting teaching experience um so yeah that's how it all happened and then we came back to india and then we had to go back for the training that training was there and uh, very rigorous like completely opposite to what we were doing in india like my body went through a lot <laughs> because like you know like in india because uh, we weren't doing ballet like full time i had normal school and then i had to go for ballet class so at the most i was training like maybe 3 or 4 hours a day for ballet and the rest was in school and uh, but there it was only ballet from morning to night so we had like easily double of what i was training in india so i was training like maybe 7 to 8 hours a day um so getting used to that took some time but i loved it it was the best experience ever to uh, you know be involved in uh, uh, actual cultural building purely for ballet um you know only focused on you know training ballerinas at the highest standard and uh, i still you know i met wonderful people over there wonderful dancers that I'm still in touch with so it was uh, you know a really good experience and i was the only indian there so it it was a sort of a nice it was scary but it was also a nice feeling that you know i was able to uh, get in being from india and being that india doesn't have a strong ballet background exactly and like you mentioned you know uh, you couldn't find schools and i have seen a lot of interviews about ballets and studying about ballet that 
you need to avoid injuries if you do not start at the right age right so mm. and people that are teaching in india are not professionally qualified for that they do not know about it and then people can end up having injuries if they do not start at the right, right. time and train their bodies well so and you went from you know a, a basic training to a rigorous training back in you know america and russia and every places that you traveled right. so uh, how was that experience and how important is to start at the right age and what is the right age to start as a ballerina or a ballerino so uh, actually you touched on a very important topic uh, with the standard of ballet training over here like i myself got uh, many injuries in in those years of training in india because of the level of uh, you know teaching the lack of care for alignment or to strengthen the the child's body first so what happens in ballet because anyway it's a very difficult art form to study it's hard on your body right so the best way of training is to re- really keep in mind that each child is different with their own body and they need like specialized attention on how to strengthen certain parts of them which muscle to strengthen which muscle to stretch all this really plays a very important role into uh, you know keeping their body in the best shape for a long career so that's actually what i didn't have so i ended up ended up having multiple injuries and you know all the time something or the other uh, because in india we don't even have the right flooring in our dance studios so abroad there is a front floor it has a little bit of a spring to it so when you jump on it it doesn't hurt your knees and your back all that so mm. it's, it's good for ballet uh, but in india we were dancing on like marble and like just like hard surfaces <laughs> so that was <laughs> yeah. another thing so and it was really important to me so when i opened my studio in nasapuram i uh, actually my dad built this flooring for me which is amazing that wow. he managed to build that and yeah. it turned out to be a international standard because we we had a guest coming from italy dancers ballet dancers and they danced on that front floor and they were like it's actually like you know uh, it, it works yeah and uh, and my dad just managed to build it like we searched on the net and i was like we have to have a front floor for the studio because i don't want to risk anybody you know there when they jump their knees their back everybody should be healthy so it it really it i love that flooring <laughs> because it really uh you know it it makes ballet easier to yeah. you know do class to jump on that floor not otherwise you get so much pain jumping on like a hard surface hmm. plus then the teachers that i had uh, you know i'm very grateful that they were there at that time to get me to start ballet but i do feel that even today the the level of training can be better can you know teachers need to train more you, you, you know just because you are a teacher doesn't mean your training should stop you should keep training you should keep learning so that you can you know impart that knowledge to your students and it will keep you know uh, getting the ballet standard higher and higher in the country and it already has like 20 years back if i compare now it's 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 much better like people are more aware you know dancers are getting uh, smarter how to train with their bodies so it is happening i just think that it's a process and slowly slowly uh, we'll we'll make it yes so yeah Yeah and thankful yeah. to you that we have Ellen Ballet in you know India now that yeah, right. people can train themselves correctly because you have right. experiences from all the places around the world. Uh so right. I would like to ask the struggles that you know nobody knows about ballet in India so starting a school okay parents support but the society doesn't even know about it so you are not just right. going to advertise your Ellen Ballet classes but you are also going to advertise what is ballet. So what were the struggles right. of starting the ballet school in India? Well, 
uh, I think by the time we started the school, uh, the awareness had already come. Like because I was, uh, you know, first training, and then I was going abroad to continue my training, and I was teaching side by side. But by the time I opened my school, uh, I already saw that the awareness was there. Like we had seen that, you know, jazz dancers, contemporary dancers, all had awareness that they need ballet training to better their art form. Any dance style, actually, ballet helps. It's a good foundation to have. So you can be, uh, if even if you're a contemporary dancer and you don't need to do ballet, usually contemporary dancers train in ballet just for the body to have that shape and to help with contemporary steps. So by the time we opened, we already knew that that awareness was spread. So it wasn't such a challenge. It was more just to uh, let dancers have that space and that level of training. that they can come and you know better their uh, dance style and over the years we've noticed that um, parents have also become more supportive because they can also see that ballet is a thing and people are turning it into a career you know you can become a teacher if you train long enough and you're good at your craft you can turn it into a profession you can earn from it so i've seen that you know sometimes parents were a little close that they wanted their children only to do it as a hobby and not they were you know just scared that they should not take it up as a profession because maybe you know it's it's a little challenging but now uh, you know because of the you know reality dance shows everybody seeing dancers out there making a career movies all of this is happening now in the last 10 years it's really come up so now there is not so much you know um, from the parent side that oh you know i don't want her to do ballet professionally they, they're like and lately i've seen the parents are highly supportive of their children as well that they are like you know whatever they decide it's it's okay like we'll support them which is a very important thing unfortunately though sometimes uh, parents still to this day have the reservation that their um, um, children should not take up dance as a profession somehow mm. there's that block not mm. only for ballet but just generally dance that oh yeah. it's not going to be enough to sustain you or it's just not uh, you know respectable enough sometimes you know i've seen that as mm. well that you know they want them to have a you know considerably a better job <laughs> which i obviously don't agree with because i feel like there are two types of people in the world that you're either into academics or you're into creativity if you're yeah. into creativity really try to you know parents should understand that that if you have a creative child you should not try to you know suppress that creativity whether it's art whether it's music whether it's dance whatever it may be they should be allowed singing you know they should be allowed to follow that and see if they can if they're good enough if they really work hard enough i'm sure anyone can turn a passion into a job like it's just how you approach it and how many hours you're willing to you know invest in that passion to turn it into a full time job exactly so yeah i mean that mindset should be changed because now the world has evolved and plus i think uh, art forms are the way to travel the world i think if somebody yeah. wants to know more about the world uh dance is a best so um like alan ballet is something you have traveled abroad for you know training yourself as a ballerina so uh, how does alan ballet you know uh, help people get that professional requirements uh, fulfilled and making ballet a full time career option how does it help them right so uh, i actually uh, trained as a teacher as well in the us uh, 
Uh, I've done my uh, teacher certification in ballet from American Ballet Theater, which is the national ballet company of the U.S. So we brought that into our uh, company as well, the, the curriculum and the syllabus. So that is basically getting the standard of ballet in India to a much higher level automatically because we're following an international syllabus, not something that, you know, we've created. Hmm. I do a mix of both. I, I have my ideas that, you know, have formed over the 20 years in my uh, career that I and I also know Indian bodies very well now because I, I am an Indian plus I taught Indian from, yes. like, you know, the last so many years. So I've understood that Indian body type is also a little bit different than you have, you know, in Western countries. So slightly there is some change. Mm -hmm. And uh, I try to, you know, make my syllabus in order to work with that. So, you know, to to work work with that sort of body type in a certain way that it benefits them in a different way. Whereas if I just follow an international curriculum on an Indian body type, it may not give the results as it would for, uh, you know, uh, international dancer yeah we've had to customize it a little bit because i i know the body types uh that need a little bit of a different training so mm. yes we brought the international curriculum into india and into our school but i also train dancers in a way that i see fit based on you know the years of experience that i've seen indian body types and you know uh, how they are what activities they've done as children what dances they've done as you know because abroad, you see that mostly children will pick up ballet or gymnastics as a child, just as a hobby. Hmm. Either they'll do it in school or they'll do it after school. These are the two things that they'll usually pick up. Yeah. But in India, you don't see children all the time picking up gymnastics or ballet. Like now it's, it's much better, like it's improved a lot. But that time, no. Yeah. So you'll find them that they maybe pick up sports. They'll do tennis, they'll do badminton, they'll do football, cricket. You know, some sport they might pick up, but not like a, a, a flexible, uh, yeah. you know, regime. Yeah. So ballet improves flexibility, gymnastics improves flexibility, yoga improves. So if children don't pick up one of these three as a child, then that flexibility goes away. So you have to start at like, you know, um, either you start at like between five, six, for just regular, you know, classes that are not professional, but just something to get the body moving and, you know, flexibility to mm. improve. Then the professional training starts at around like eight, nine, ten years old. That time, then we really, if the student is showing that, you know, the body type is perfect for ballet, they, you know, they naturally have some level of flexibility that, you know, we check everything. We check bone structure. We check, you know, the muscle uh, alignment, the the flexibility, the spine position, everything. And then we see that, okay, this person can actually go into the professional training. Otherwise, if the body type and the strength level, all of that doesn't fit too much, then we say that, okay, you can do ballet. You can definitely do it professionally as well. But a few changes we have to make to the training to complement your body. Hmm. So that is something that is there, that you need to have the basic level of you know flexibility, open body type, all that to take up ballet professionally. But it's not entirely like, you know, like, oh, if you don't have it, you can't become a dancer. Uh -huh. I don't believe in that. I've seen some teachers that, you know, are very like, oh, you don't have flexibility, you can't do ballet. 
that yeah. is true to a certain extent but nowadays uh, you know teachers are becoming more open so they are uh, you know it is okay sometimes like we've had dancers who are uh, uh, world famous dancers and they're not like super duper flexible with their legs coming like right up to their ear <laughs> so it's more about the artistic side that are you a performer naturally can you you know uh, perform on stage can you have that charisma so that you you know catch the audience attention all of that is more important than you know if your leg is going up high enough hmm. so yeah yeah exactly uh, so i was saying that ellen ballet uh, in ellen ballet you also train adults like you said flexibility matters but not yeah. uh, you do not have to give up on that dream that so uh, you guys right. train on that as well so uh, also you have done a lot of theater uh, you know shows around the world so could you name a few and how can your students take up on that uh, i haven't done any theater shows uh, as such uh, around the world most of my training has been uh, abroad Uh, okay. Most of my performances have been in India itself. Okay. So uh, and uh, in our school, like you know, for the final exam, if we had to uh, perform and stuff abroad, that's what I did. But mm. I haven't actually, uh, you know, gone into the, uh, you know, dancing abroad in theaters and stuff. Just training because I started teaching, so I actually don't dance as much now anymore. I'm focused more on teaching and just that passion sort of took over. Mm-hmm. so i still dance for myself like i do my training and stuff but i'm not so into you know performances as such i would rather you know be teaching my students and let them perform than me uh, get on stage right now because i have done you know what i wanted to do i accomplished it and then i you know i'm now a little relaxed i'm like now it's for the others to do it's not yeah. that i need to you know have that thing that no i should be on stage and all yes it's nice sometimes you know if i like we had our festival and i performed there i did it for my students we did a festival where we basically uh, got indians and uh, uh, international artists to perform on one stage so we had it in delhi at samani auditorium because before covid happened huh. um but uh, so we had this amazing event where it actually for the first time brought international ballet dancers and indian ballet dancers on the same stage so wow. that was a, a wonderful moment to have and to be able to do it and uh, you know it gave a chance for my indian students to meet these international ballet artists as well and uh, a, a sense of pride that we're performing on the same stage as them which normally would not happen right you would not be able to uh, perform at the same level as uh, you know these international stars but uh, it turned out really nice and the you know um, the response was amazing that you know the that cultural bond was created you know that between indian ballet dancers and uh, you know from western countries so that was a really interesting thing uh, yeah that's a very beautiful happened. thing sabke plans stop kar rahe hain covid covid baba I started blogging and I was a travel blogger. I am still am and right. then covid happened. Right. I started getting collaborations and that's when I started podcasting. Yeah. But then that's something oh. you know uh something beautiful happens when something one thing stops you know. I would have always been a travel blogger. I never thought of this side of you know right. the world that podcasting can help connect with so many amazing people. Like I'm talking right. to you right now. Yeah. I wouldn't even have thought of talking yeah. to you. 
and that would have been super awful i, I wanted to talk to you right, right? So, yeah. uh, so that's very good that the festival brought in indian ballet dancers and international ballet dancers together so you know that that exposure that uh, the students of your classes would get is amazing and right. hopefully you do another festival and, and you know celebrate it so um right. Yeah. So talking about COVID now, so how did COVID affect your business? When did you start yeah. it? And uh, like after COVID, how did you adjust to the changes that it brought? So I thought COVID would affect our business much more than it did. But I'm actually really grateful for the changes, like how you just mentioned, right? That something closes and a better thing comes along. That's exactly what happened with us. That in the beginning when it happened and I was like, oh, I have to stop my group class. That time I was teaching in Noida. Yeah. So I had already closed the Delhi Center because I wanted to focus more on Noida. So I was, you know, building that. And uh, then, you know, suddenly as soon as some change happens, the natural body instinct is like, oh my God, you know, what's happening? Now you're going to work out and you start sitting out, right? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, like, let's think about this. And I'm so grateful because I think this is what I needed to do. And this is the happiest I've been rather than running a studio, running a company, doing it all on my own, uh, teaching, dancing, like everything. Um, to change everything into online is so much better because one, I can reach people, like I can reach more dancers and they can approach me at any time for private or so whatever they need help with. And, uh, you know, two, it's, it's less stressful than running an actual academy and three it's just actually possible like i thought online training was not going to be so beneficial for dance like it maybe it's good for other businesses but for dance it's difficult yeah. i was really proved wrong like i totally was proved wrong because we've actually like i'm i'm talking for me and my colleagues as well that we've actually realized that we've become better teachers after teaching online because you have to explain things much better so that the person understands so you really have to get in depth of, you know, which muscle is working, how the alignment should be, really explain it in the best possible way so that they understand. Whereas before COVID, I was used to, you know, making physical adjustments to, you know, the, the body. Like, okay, your back is not straight, then I'll open the shoulders, you know, something like that to guide them in that way. Because that's how I was trained. That's the only way I knew. Hmm. But after COVID, now we only can use words, right? We can either demonstrate with our body. Or we can use words to get the person to exactly understand what I want from that step. So it's only made us better and stronger teachers to, you know, train this way. And to be honest, none of my students are even asking for physical classes right now. They're all so happy with the online training that they don't even ask that, are you planning on starting like physical classes? Nothing. So it's just gone on. So that just got me thinking that I don't think I ever want to go back. Uh, into a physical space again unless it's for workshops so I'm very open to you know uh, doing workshops across India maybe short short things that you know I just go maybe 10 days 15 days two weeks whatever mm -hmm. it may be but my main uh, business now will run online and I'm excited about it because I think I can reach many more people and then if anyone wants to train with me physically, they can, of course, attend any of the workshops. So that's the plan going forward. Exactly. That's that amazing. <laughs> no, that's amazing. And I think it yeah. gets better now because, of course, COVID has been a little lenient right now. So hoping right. for better days. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you have 
trained yourself abroad so how were those you know experiences being with international artists uh, also living there so uh, i also want to know how many places have you you know learned uh, ballet and then you know getting into the experiences of those places cultural shocks if any <laughs> well actually i was lucky enough not to have any cultural shocks because my mom is uh, an anglo indian so she has a lot of like international blood like german okay. spanish french all that so we oh, cool. grew up um, you know actually my hindi is quite weak because we grew up speaking english at home so the only hindi i ever had to speak was you know to study in school and you know mm. pass those exams and otherwise i just never spoke hindi like so culturally we've been brought up like our families and brought up a little bit more in the western sense instead of the traditional indian so my dad is punjabi but um, we still grew up celebrating like every festival like the christian festivals or hindu festivals like everything mixed so uh, traveling to the us for the first time was not such a shock that i imagine other indians like my students all sometimes they feel that you know okay it's a, it's a big shock so for mm. me i didn't experience that what i did experience is just a little bit of intimidation and lack of you know uh, just like a little bit of self doubt that mm. oh my god i'm coming from india where ballet is just not a thing and what if i'm not good enough what if i'm i don't prove myself like those sort of things was a, yeah. was a big thing because I was very young i had to live there alone suddenly without family so that was an adjustment that you know we we lived in a dorm together so i was with you know all these um uh, you know other dancers fellow dancers and it turned out to be a lot of fun but in the beginning before i did it i had these thoughts running in my head that you know uh, you've not even done that much ballet and now you're in the school where they've done ballet their whole lives and you know that 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 thing was there insecurities But, hitting uh, in suddenly right it just happened right because like i was doing ballet as like a hobby but these dancers that i knew they were already doing it professionally hmm. but in india like i would call it a hobby only because like i was serious about it but i would call it a hobby because it was still only 3 hours a day hmm. and for me that is still you know a hobby type <laughs> because as soon as you go to professional you need more hours a day right yeah. so um yeah so that was the adjustment for me just you know pushing myself to you know get that strength that no i was accepted into the school i am good enough and i will you know make the best of it and uh, it was fun also to see a new city you know to see uh, us for the first time and we always had family there but i had never been so that was a nice experience um living alone for the first time like i'd always lived with my family at that time and uh, for the first time in the workshop i had to you know stay alone and it it really does make you more responsible it makes you much more mature very fast so just in a span of a few weeks you feel like okay now i i need to take care of myself and hmm. so that was the first thing and uh, i love traveling like anything i don't even need international trips i just need a road trip exactly i need to go somewhere <laughs> anywhere yeah. right anywhere like my husband tells me like you sit in the car and you get happy like even <laughs> if we're not going like out of town you just get happier like out of the house <laughs> yeah like i didn't realize it till he said it that you know you you just literally your mood lifts as soon as we're outside we have a lot of you know like i love food like even being a ballerina and breaking that you know pattern that ballerinas don't eat 
cool. so it's so not true i love food i have this passion and uh, i don't like to cook at all but i like to eat different so <laughs> happens <laughs> all the day like i try yeah i try but it just doesn't come naturally but uh, so that's another thing you know when you travel to other countries that's like the first thing of excitement for me it's really exciting to like find these like little cafes here and there that are a little different like more authentic cuisine these restaurants that you know you actually like when i was in russia i really tried to go to certain places that gave like authentic russian food and like mm. so that i could get that entire experience yeah. and i've met like wonderful people in russia that i, I still am friends with so um most these countries were the main ones that i trained at so i traveled otherwise with my sister uh mostly uh but to train i focused on the us of course and then russia so both these countries have uh, you know um really helped me in my training very strong schools you know with good foundation and values so that mm. but yeah Yeah that's amazing. I don't know uh, France is more into ballet or something and then it's USA and Russia. I think a lot of other countries are uh, mixed. Yeah, no. Everybody has ballet and like there's a there's a main ballet school in every state of the US and then there's a main ballet school in every country like every European city there's mm. like one big time school and then like hundreds of others like there's no shortage. Mm. You search it and you've got like मुंबई Huh. Other cool. than that, you know, we haven't heard. Yeah. 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 They might have, and and we have students that come from smaller cities, but they have exactly. to then come to these bigger cities to train. Yeah, thankfully so because of COVID there. now that because you have shifted online, that's easier now. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. Something uh, amazing for everybody out there in India. Right. Yeah, everywhere, yeah. like anywhere, yeah. who doesn't has a class can always uh, go online. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, at least it's there, right? Yeah, and a very good point that you mentioned that even being a ballerina, you like food, so it's not something yeah. that uh, people are, you know, <laughs> worried about. So, any special diet that uh, ballerinas follow, or is it just, uh, you know, um, okay? And also, you mentioned Indian, you know, <laughs> training people according to Indian. So, Indian diet is very right. different. You know, eating a lot of ghee and right. butter and. <laughs> डायट so we're not going to like you know um, have like a ton of desserts every single day or like you know all this fatty stuff like a lot of ghee butter all that so obviously like any athlete we focus on like what foods are the most have the most nutritional content so we try to get a lot of nutrition from our food so that is our main focus that what can give us the best nutrition to sustain us to dance like you know all day or like eight hours a day so that is my primary focus and all the ballerinas that i know it's the same focus that any food that gives us energy so that's like a lot of vegetables fruit like or like protein 
all these things that we need for our muscles to stay healthy for our bones to be strong but we also can eat anything there's nothing that you know you're not supposed to eat like at all so we yeah. all have like cheat days like on the weekend you can have whatever you want because we train so much that you know it all gets burned during our workout anyway and while dancing so yeah. we don't hold on to that calorie but yes ballerinas ban- have to keep it a little bit lean because we have a lean body type it is you know uh, it's not strictly required for ballet like i told you that now nowadays schools and teachers are changing and they you know are accepting different body types and i love that like i feel that if you want to dance it doesn't matter how you look like you should just dance it should be from your heart exactly and uh, yeah so i just focus more on the health factor Just mm. as long as i'm eating healthy food the time i'm good then 20% whatever i want if it's unhealthy and if i want it like on and off like once a week or whatever it is i'll have it like it's quite like you know loose uh, and nothing so strict mm. and many of my friends who are ballerinas are the same thing that you know they just focus on like mostly healthy foods but one or day you know if you want to have something or if you're traveling and you don't have access to like a super healthy home cooked meal you just have something and it's, it's totally okay but it does depend on dancer to dancer some dancers are very strict with their diet they they feel like they can't break it and that works for them like you know maybe they need that for their energy that for me personally i uh, focus on intuitive eating like i am very intuitive with how i uh, see food so if any day if i'm feeling you know like eating something that is technically unhealthy i will have it and then you know maybe train harder the next day or something mm. so i sort of balance it out that way i yeah. don't want uh, and i i teach dancers that train with me also try, to try to not have like an unhealthy relationship with food that to focus more on exercise and you know cardio and anything like that more than to start to you know look at food and say that oh, i can't eat this i can't eat that this is bad this is good all food is good like the fact that getting food is good <laughs> <laughs> true not bad like yeah yeah cool that's that's a good point that all food is good the fact that we are getting food is good <laughs> so yeah yeah the fact that we are you know uh, able to you know get food and uh, you know and then you're wanting to avoid it <laughs> just because of values it's not cool yeah cool. so just like i think finding the right balance, balance that works best for your body that gives you the most energy that lets you train uh, strong enough hard enough every day I think that if you figure out for yourself, like each dancer is different, I think that's really good. And obviously, having like tons of water, that is the most important. So I think you know, based on each person, if they can figure out this balance, I think it can be it can work for them. Yeah, that's awesome. And also to stay hydrated yeah. is very important. Being I, a ballet or not a ballet, I think we forget to drink water yeah, a lot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and especially when you're training those many hours a day, exactly. you have to sort of replenish. Yeah. Yes, so true, so true. Uh, so coming back to travel experiences again. So any experience that you have in mind from anywhere? One, there yeah, was cool. one time I was walking on a street in Russia. I forget if it was Moscow or Saint Petersburg, but I was walking, and I had my ballet bun, and I was just, uh, you know, wearing my ballet clothes, but something over. And I was walking to the studio, or maybe from, back from the studio. and one uh, and in russia i'll give you a little back story in russia they respect uh, artists a lot 
like you know the way india we we like many people they they have respect for the indian classical dancers but somehow the other dance forms don't get that level of uh, mm. respect i don't mm. know you you probably noticed that right yeah that there is that thing that if you're an indian classical dancer but say if you're a contemporary or jazz dancer you're like oh that's just like is it a hobby yeah <laughs> they, they those that's not a profession <laughs> you're just doing it for yeah. passive waste <laughs> But Indian classical has that certain respect because I guess it's part of our culture. We've mm-hmm. seen it. We've grown up with it. So people naturally, I don't blame them. Also, maybe they don't know about the other styles. So they naturally have that respect if you tell them you're an Indian classical dancer. Now in Russia, it's like that for ballet. So they really respect artists and they really respect their, uh, you know, ballet dancers. So one person just stopped me on the street. and i don't know russian i've been there but i know only few words of russian okay so I, and he he just said oh bhai bhai and he was so happy and he kept nodding and he said bhai so i figured that he just stopped me just uh, to appreciate that i was a ballerina i asked my russian friends then later i'm like you know it was strange that i was stopped on the street and you know and he kept saying bhai and he was smiling and he was happy and they said that sometimes if you if you look like a ballerina like you got your band and your barrios and all that people sometimes do stop you because they love ballet dancers so much there and they have such high respect for anybody wow. training in it that they'll stop you to you know appreciate, appreciate that. it and i always yeah i remember that because obviously you know in india we've never got that sort of respect like i I've only gotten shock when i tell people i'm a ballet dancer they're like oh you're a ballet dancer how are you <laughs> <laughs> it's not like oh wow like and but then later on it became that you know oh wow how how are you a ballerina mm. like it became like from what to like how like how did you do it but uh, to be stopped in russia uh, you know place that i respect highly for ballet like it's it's uh, really something to train uh, in that country for ballet the training level is the highest possible ever so to be stopped like that just on the street i was like oh wow like it, it made me feel like so nice <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's a yeah. good experience right like uh, in india you wouldn't yeah. uh, and even if you're being stopped in india i think you'll be a little skeptical and worried why are you stopping right. <laughs> i actually this uh, that's so true but i just realized that i wanted to tell you that it suddenly changed like before like if i was doing like a shoot outdoor something like people would just like really stare like at the shoes and or the mm. outfit or something like it's so new but thanks to you know netflix and all the shows on ballet and yes. the the uh, you know mysterious uh, case of benjamin franklin yes it had okay. all this like lately whenever i've been doing my outdoor shoot i don't notice people staring that much they just look they see what's happening they go they walk and it's it's becoming like you know european nations where it's, it's a normal thing to see and that makes me happy because now ballet is not like some like weird thing from space in india that <laughs> is so you know strange it's like oh they they see it and they just you know walk by that means people are aware that means that awareness has really built over these 20 years that they don't stop and stare that what is she doing you know how why is she doing this 
so it's become like much better yeah it's beautiful that uh, and now that you mention it i remember one or two three posts of your instagram where you have those photographs right. and you know uh, reels from uh, standing in the middle of old delhi and you're doing those ballet you know right. poses and nobody yeah. is like worried or they're not they're like in Oh, and they're like, it's beautiful. Whatever she's doing yeah. is beautiful, right? So yeah. uh, they're not judging you for that. So I can see those reactions right. in the photographs and in the reels. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that gives us more confidence, right? <laughs> yes, definitely. And it just makes me happy because I've, I've struggled to, you know, um, the whole process of being a ballerina in India has not been easy. it's been you know fighting for what you want fighting to do it mm. it's, it's been like one step into the other like you know it's uh, it's been like many challenges so for me to now look back and see that you know for the younger dancers in this generation who I'm teaching they would not have to suffer or go through those many challenges as we did at our time yeah so i feel like it's it's only getting better from here So, exactly you know, in the next five years next 10 years you know it might just be like a normal thing it, it will be it will be <laughs> now yeah. i think uh, more awareness is spreading about it so that's amazing right. uh yeah. also while you were in delhi and old delhi may when you're doing these shoots so what are those experiences like in your words like uh, being in old delhi and doing those shoots and how to bring that confidence to do those ballet you know poses right in front of uh, you know random public right right i think uh, that has somewhat been instilled in me from young because i've been on stage like from a young uh, child so i sort of got over that thing that you know uh, oh, someone's watching me but uh, and my sister would explain this really well because she's sort of been a huge factor into getting me to this stage because i'm generally a very shy person like i love being outdoors like traveling and all but I'm not someone who's super into like social gatherings or such. Like I usually am like you know uh, little shy. So and I always like I told you I struggled with like self doubt, like always doubting that you know I was good enough to do this. Um, and she has always been the one to push me. Like just do it. You you got you you got it. Like just don't think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go for it. So uh, I thank her because at this time now at this age uh, I. finally come to a point where i don't generally think too much about what others are thinking and i just do what i have to do and i feel like if i don't do it then that comfort level will not come for my my students who want to do it so the the more i go out there and the more i you know do these shoots and all the the better the whole community for dancers would be because then more people might do it you know maybe people younger to me will have that courage that they go out on the street and dance and all and that just builds not only the ballet community in india but the dance community in india everyone will you know start putting things and you know wanting to have shoots and uh, i actually this uh, this one photographer from this shoot he convinced me so i was a bit closed on this but he changed my mind because he's a brilliant photographer um he wanted ballet in indian clothes so in a suit So in the beginning, when we were planning the shoot, I'm like, no, you know, it doesn't work for ballet. The lines will not show, body will not show. All this I was telling him. He's like, no, no, just trust me. I want ballet in an Indian outfit. Like it's happening. So I was like, fine, and and we did it. And when I saw the pictures, I was shocked. I'm like, actually, I have embraced, uh, you know, Indian culture by wearing an Indian garment. 
yet doing an international dance form so again somewhat like i it took me back to my festival that i did where it combining indian and you know western ballet worlds together so in that picture where i was in a you know indian suit but with point shoes doing ballet it kind of you know brought those cultures together then i told him i'm like okay you proved me wrong it turned out really good <laughs> yeah it was really and, beautiful i yeah. i saw that one and, and you know that uh, mix of a lot of westerners try to do kathak dancing and a lot of indian classical right. dancing right because it's it's beautiful they do it out right. there in sarees and so uh, mixing right. that uh, you know a uh, ballet dance with indian attire is a very beautiful thing to you know yeah. you know bring those cultures together and make it more you know like respecting those cultures and bringing them together and spreading awareness so that's beautiful that so, that shot was yeah, beautiful yes there's actually a, a ballet story so in, in ballet we have like certain stories i'm sure you heard of small lake and stuff because of the movie mm-hmm. uh, but there are certain stories that we have there's one story in ballet that is based in india the, wow. the ballet name is lava there and it is based in india but the only thing is that the costumes have been designed with indian influence so a lot of like stones and beads and all of the work like you know rich indian culture but in a way that it works for ballet as well so it's not like so long or it's still sleeveless it's not full and it's not like a normal indian suit it's more fitted and then flared like you know dress type but with a lot of indian work so i'm used to that because this ballet has you know promoted indian culture abroad like it's done worldwide this, uh, this story and um, so that's why i was a little close that in a suit how it would look because it's not like designed for ballet but uh, yeah it uh, worked out so i'm learning also even now like uh, in so many years of doing ballet i'm still learning that you know there is you know a new perspective on it and you know learn more experience more so that's the goal right now for this year next year coming yes. years to just experience more Amazing. so yeah there is all right so so you worked with a uh, valentine bartis so he's like your yes. uh, yeah so he's like a uh-huh. guru or uh, you know how did you guys meet we uh, actually he just found my uh, facebook and uh, he wanted to you know uh collaborate with someone in india so he just saw that i had trained abroad in kerala academy in washington dc and i think he had some friends there or something he just he saw that picture and then he realized that you know i have trained there so he messaged me and we started just talking on uh, you know uh, facebook and he uh, runs a very successful business in italy uh, all for like a ballet school and then he has like these festivals so he was basically looking to partner with someone for the festival for that festival i partnered with him only so he is the one who brought all the international ballet dancers and then we did the indian side so it was a very nice collaboration i'm still in contact with him he's a wonderful person he's been a great mentor to me as well um i've attended his classes in russia and uh, in uh, india when he came to my studio he taught my students and everyone loves him he's a very very nice person so it was a great thing meeting him and it all happened just through again an online space so that's what i love about it that you know um, i've been able to make some very good relationships just online or uh, meeting people you know in the ballet world and then actually physically meeting them as well so it's uh, been a very nice uh, experience i think 
exactly yeah, i think uh, internet has yeah. changed a lot of things for us the things that we couldn't reach out to now it's easier to you know right. <laughs> okay uh, any last message for our listeners and viewers just that uh, if you are a creative person and if you have any passion it doesn't have to be dance whatever it is if it's a creative outlet since i'm talking only to people who are you know into uh, anything creative uh just go out there and do it like there is a way to convince your parents there is a way to approach them uh, by what you do by what you say they can change their mind by how much you accomplish in it by your practice and your effort you can change their mind by that also so even if your parents don't support you just go out there do it do it on your own do it through online spaces reach out to mentors reach out to anyone you you know aspire to be like and then just uh, go after it and everyone will support you when the time is right exactly and if you guys are interested yeah. in ballet you should join ellen ballet i'll provide yeah. the link in the description <laughs> box below and do check out uh, ritika chandra's instagram so i'll give the links to that also on my description box below do check them out uh, so this is the end of the episode ritika and thank you so much for taking out time for us and for doing this wonderful and inspiring thing that you're doing thank you so much thank you for having me it was a great uh, time speaking with you Bye. So this was Ritika Chandra's inspiring life journey so far and some interesting travel experiences. Thank you so much for giving your precious time to this podcast. If this episode was inspiring and insightful, please do drop a comment on my Instagram and YouTube at rate my boho voyage. Also do check out my YouTube channel at rate my boho voyage for the video version of this episode. Please do subscribe and give a 5 star rating and hopefully write a review for inspiring explorers. Also please don't forget to connect with me on Instagram and YouTube. Drop me a hi or send me a comment so that I know we are in this journey together. This is Manakshi Shrivastava your host for Inspiring Explorers saying goodbye. See you next week with an amazing inspiring interview. Till then take care.